You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode will be talking about Peter Gabriel. So, on the line, I have Rob. So, Ben. Hi there. John. Oh. And Kyle. Hi there. So, is the fifth studio album by the English singer songwriter Peter Gabriel, released on the 19th of May, 1986, by Charisma Records. The producer was Peter Gabriel and Daniel Linus, and the genre is pop, art pop, uh, art rock, progressive pop, and world beat. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Irwine. Peter Gabriel introduced his fifth studio album, So, with Sledgehammer, an Otis Redding-inspired soul pop raver that was easily his catchiest, happiest single to date. Needless to say, it was also his most accessible, and in that sense, it was a good introduction to So, the catchiest, happiest record he ever cut. Sledgehammer propelled the record towards blockbuster status, and Gabriel had enough songs with single potential to keep it there. There was Big Time, another colorful dance number, don't Give Up, a moving duet with Kate Bush, Red Rain, a stately anthem popular on album rock radio, and In Your Eyes, Gabriel's greatest love song, which achieved genuine classic status after being featured in Cameron Crowe's classic Say Anything. These all illustrated the strengths of the album, Gabriel's increased melodicism and ability to blend African music, jangle pop, and soul into his moody art rock. Apart from these singles, plus the urgent, that voice again, the rest of the record is as quiet as the album tracks of security. The difference is the singles on that record were part of the overall fabric. Here the singles are the fabric, which can make the album seem top-heavy. Even so, those songs are so strong, finding Gabriel in a newfound confidence and accessibility that it's hard not to be won over by them, even if so doesn't develop the unity of its two predecessors. All right, what do we think of Peter Gabriel? So, I'm learning so, that so. album's a monster. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, learning that I'm a fan. Learning you're a Peter Gabriel fan? Yeah, I, I never thought I wasn't a fan, but all I ever knew was, uh, you know, Peter Gabriel on the radio, which there's plenty of. And I always like those songs, you know, but uh, actually listening to multiple albums like we've done on this project, I, I, I now like I look forward to Peter Gabriel albums. Yeah, this is the weakest of the albums that we've done on this podcast. Really? In my humble. Hold on. Opinion. Hold on. Huh. Are we including The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway? Yes. But it's a question of where you take your week. Like, is this a yes the most? No. <laughs> well, but is this the most polished and most commercial? Yes. Does that make it weak to some? Yes. Does the lamb live down on Broadway, like alienate a bunch of people? Cause it's super fucking weird. Yes. Is it awesome? Yes. Let's get on the same page here though. That's I like a Genesis where, I like where it is. That's, a gen- that's we'll, Genesis. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with just straight Peter Gabriel. Um, yeah. 
No, um, having a more polished sound doesn't make thing something necessarily a uh, a weaker entry. I just think that, and again, I, I'm I'm I have conversations in my head that you guys aren't privy to that I just think you automatically know. But like this, <laughs> for the Patreon. <laughs> yes, at the fifty dollar level, you get a port straight oh, in. Yeah. Blog. You don't want it. You don't want it. You don't want it. Um, but no, like just the um, the way that this book shafted Phil Collins, and here we are mm-hmm. in Popland on the poppiest thing that Peter Gabriel ever did, and I'm just I'm, I I can't let it go. Yeah. I definitely and, do want to touch on. Again, we've touched on it before, but yeah, just the 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 utter lack of post Peter Gabriel era Genesis in this book when they were at their be- their biggest. Well, do you know what I think is a, a real nice uh, cherry on that shit Sunday? <laughs> Does it have something to do with uh, Sledgehammer and Invisible Touch? Yes, go for it, it, John. (laughs) It's just so you know, Peter Gabriel never had a number one US billboard hit. Genesis never had a US number one billboard hit. Genesis fucking makes it invisible touch. Oh my god, it's such a jam. What happens? They get on the chart, knocked right the fuck off by Peter Gabriel. Yeah, (laughs) Sledgehammer, Sledgehammer was uh, wasn't it like the number one most uh viewed or shown on on MTV like, yes. of all time number one video yeah, yep. of all time for number like I remember of- being a small child and like that was just oh all, yeah all it's time. like one of the Always first on. videos of my memory and yeah. do you think that if if it, if invisible touch had a stop motion music video do you think that they would have been able to hold on to that number one slot cuz invi- I mean, like it's it th- when you're talking about just song for song they are both just heavy hitter pop sluggers Mm-hmm. You know, but you're you're right. What drives the sales? And I think at this point in time, MTV videos, MTV. especially something that compels you, is going to make you run out there and get that album. And we have to talk about the Sledgehammer video. We have to. We have mean, to. We're, we're, dude, dude, there's no way we're not talking about Sledgehammer video. Can we? Yeah. We were all children about- when that came out. I remember like switching from watching uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse and watching that. Cause, hey, it's cool. It's stop motion animation, you know, and he's he's doing funny stuff. And there's claymation. Like it was. That was like MTV for like a year or two, you know? Yeah. It was like every okay. hour on the hour. Sledgehammer. Yeah, for sure. Thing is, though, Invisible Touch, the album, should be part of this conversation. I, I just pulled it up. I, I've got Invisible Touch. I love Invisible Touch. If yeah, I like any, Invisible Touch, too, if, if any post... <laughs> if, this isn't directed at you. This is directed at, I don't know, whatever. Robert Dimery. Robert Dimery. <laughs> Side one. Side one is four big hits. Invisible Touch, Tonight, 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 Land of Confusion, In Too Deep. Every single one of those songs was a like a chart buster. And Land of Confusion had a great video. Super it fucking did. weird. It did. It's like, we yeah. will see your stop motion and we will raise you Muppets. British puppets. <laughs> or the, 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 the blows were already struck. Peter Gabriel laid the sledgehammer down. You know, two songs about, you know, dicks and fucking hidden under pop. And Peter Gabriel pulled out. Invisible Touch, the album got the shaft. Invisible Touch, the album deserves to be one of the 1001 albums. You Okay, I agree. Uh, but, you know, we're talking about Invisible Touch. I mean, this album needs it pound for pound. I mean, you've got Red Rain. Huge hit. Huge hit. Oh, yeah. Sledgehammer. You've got a... Uh, don't give you know, up. The Kate Bush song. Don't give up. Don't give up. Can we talk yeah. a little bit about yeah, don't, give don't Give Up? up. I, no, I, I, want had... to to, I want to go back to Sledgehammer just really quick. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Sledgehammer. 
exclamation point was a TV series from 1986 to 1988. Um, and it was the adventures of a deranged and dumb police detective who always looked for the most violent solution to any problem. Rob, did you watch that show? I did. I did too. Vividly remember that show. My parents recorded it on VHS. I remember one episode where everybody was like having nightmarish visions. It was like that episode of the original Star Trek and Sledgehammer started talking to his gun. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, this is an actual tv show that ran it was for 22 it was for 22 a, years no it, it, nope. it was 86 to 88 oh, I, I, I heard Two 66 years. okay i was like what the fuck yeah and the theme song was sledgehammer yeah oh all yeah. right so if you haven't seen it uh maybe, maybe we should put that and you're paying good plex. money for sledgehammer in 86 that's some top shelf uh theme song right there and so, i feel like peter gabriel's choice of like laying out that uh, Shakuhachi synth flute. Oh yeah, at the front, like Ooh, that. That paved, that paved a nice uh, jet ski highway for Deep Forest and all those other like world music folks to just slide up in there, get some of that 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 synth flute. Oh yeah, yeah. everybody's ear perked up when they heard yep. that. Peter Gabriel may have he may have knocked Ge- uh, Genesis off the charts with this album, but. So Peter Gabriel creates a a groundbreaking, very popular album that infuses rock music with world music, and he's up for album of the year, and he loses to Graceland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow, what a time! Yeah. What a time! A lot of really weird fitting suits <laughs> and turtlenecks. Time for Juggernaut Records, yeah. You know, speaking of Graceland, he was on. Uh, Bono contacted Peter Gabriel to perform a Conspiracy of Hope, and uh, it was sort of like a Live Aid inspired concert that to spread awareness of uh, human rights issues in uh, uh, South Africa, including. Sting, the police, Lou Reed, Joan Baez. So, yeah. OPG was very active in anti-apartheid movements. Yeah. So I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah. Cool, but, but like yeah, I mean, Ronstadt. Yeah, if you want to, yeah, wanna, yeah. If you want to flex bad. on, if you want to flex on that tip a little bit, then I I say that Rob is not wrong that this is the weakest, and that it doesn't have a big standout song like Biko or something where you're, you know, really standing behind a cause. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah and but it's good a, in your eyes. So what else do you want? <laughs> right? I mean, I'm holding up this boombox in I'm your holding, yard. <laughs> Peter Gabriel is out front in a trench coat holding up a boombox saying, <laughs> listen to the album so. So Peter Gabriel didn't want to call this album anything because he doesn't like calling albums anything. Yeah. But <laughs> at some point, Geffen was like, bro, you need to start naming your albums. <laughs> so Peter's that. like, all right, all right, I'll call this one good. <laughs> they ended up going with with so. But uh I I, I like the, the 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 struggle of them trying to get him to to name his albums. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he got four, right? He got yeah, four. That with no, yeah, that tripped me out. Kevin's like, we are not going to release Peter Gabriel five. <laughs> yeah. You're melting right, does anyone on this have five? One. Even it's Led Zeppelin milk. didn't get five. Does anyone have five? <laughs> five unnamed albums? Yeah. Oh, Weezer, maybe. Uh, yeah, but they go by colors, I guess. But yeah, mm, but it's yeah. yeah, but they don't have technical names, right? Yeah. Do you know who originally was uh, Peter Gabriel's choice for Don't Give Up to be the Dolly Dolly Parton? It's her her birthday today. It is her (gasps) 75th birthday. Happy birthday, Dolly. Happy birthday, Dolly. 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 My brother and and Dolly Parton have the same birthday. Happy birthday, Sean. I don't think it's a coincidence, Kyle. My brother is Dolly Parton. Your brother is Dolly Parton. (laughs) I mean, if that works for Dolly Lamas, why doesn't it work for Dolly Parton? (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. My brother has been working nine to five. <laughs> for the sake, for what, the sake, what a way to make a living <laughs> for the sake of the world i hope that when a dolly pardon passes a new dolly pardon is i born. really hope so too Angel. we need as many as we it, can get i think that's how it works i, I fucking hope so You guys I mean, want to keep going on this record? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. Don't give up. I'd never heard the song before. Oh, uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's everywhere. There's a, a a new show on HBO called like uh, Somebody Somewhere, and they had a really nice use of the song. And apparently, Bono and Alicia Keys has covered it. Like Willie Nelson and um, oh, I forget who does the duet with him. Like a bunch of folks have. It was have Dolly done- Parton. Oh, really? No, 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 no. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. But wouldn't that be a, just a, a kick in the face? <laughs> right. It's like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, old PG. <laughs> Willie's got the clout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you said no. Yeah, well, you're not Willie Nelson, are you? <laughs> huh? Got you there, motherfucker. <laughs> I really didn't remember the song at all. I I really? have, have barely touched this album. I mean, I knew Sledgehammer, and but yeah, I, I never did. You know into P- Peter Gabriel. Yeah, I did know that song too. But yeah, when this perked up, I was like, wait. That's definitely Kate Bush. There's no oh, yeah. <laughs> no mistaking Kate Bush's voice. They've got a cool. they've got a history of working together. Yeah, they're they old do. pals at this point. Yeah, I thought that. Was yeah, really this cool. was a record I, I grew up in in the Beach family house. My parents had this record. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Almost everybody had this record. Did they have a lesson to teach you using this album? <laughs> <laughs> My parents didn't have this record. They had Amy Grant. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, I will say, uh, just like. Uh, uh, Kate Bush, he used a lot of a uh, Fairlight CMI synthesizer. So he said it was, um, what would you say? Gabriel said in an interview for Billboard, quote, more human imagination is involved. The creative decision-making process has become more important than technique. You have a wider range of tools, a wider range of decisions. Referring to the Fairlight, I get that. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that because the Fairlight has the light pen? And the and the interface it's or like, what you, you, you can you sample can, too. You can sample and then play that sample as notes and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Uh is anyone else's favorite track off this record big time? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> anyone else's favorite <laughs> <laughs> track off this I think big time fucking slaps. I right next to it. Yeah, I do not care. <laughs> I do not rock. Wait, wait. With that what? sinister bass line? Right, Kyle, you're a bass player, right? Yeah. yeah, so maybe that's do you know how he's getting the notes or how he's getting that tone? It's cool. <laughs> he's using uh, funk fingers. Well, they weren't no, funk no, fingers no, at the time. Oh wait, no, is it the the thing that the little attachments on the fingers? It, well, no, it, that, it, that came from this. Yes, right. I mean, I, I saw that when when his band was performing in your eyes. It, so for this, it was Tony Levin on bass, it's Jerry Marotta on drums, but the bass line both of them with Jerry, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, Tony Levin's left oh, hand. Oh, wait, only work the frets of the bass with the drummer. He's working the frets the and the drummer's playing the, the strings. And then, and then Tony Levin, he's the one that had like the a big idea after that. It's like, what if I just made drumsticks for my fingers? 
so and this I isn't the greatest on, song of all time. I clicked on the link for the like the magic fingers or whatever, expecting to see some kind of drumsticks that fit on your fingers. And I saw a picture of drumsticks taped to someone's fingers. And I <laughs> said, sir, you invented nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think they hit it big time. <laughs> I love Rob's face when you're talking about how great that song is. Fucking he's just big shaking. time slaps. He's just shaking his slaps. head. I the said the baseline is otherworldly, infectious groove that gets me hyped. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Mercy Street's the best song on the record. Mercy Street's fine, Rob. It's good, but it's not big time. Uh, how do you that speaking of Mer- uh, Mercy Street, big time? What do you think about the that write up saying it's a little top heavy? Like it comes out of the gate and and then it gets a little subdued. I mean, that's fair. It depends on which uh, version you're listening to, I suppose. Regardless of version, in your eyes, is on side two. Yeah. It's it's either at the start or at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. He wanted it at the end, but uh, there was enough enough time on the recording that on LP – in your eyes has too much of a bass line to be played that close to, to the end of the track that the just Neil just doesn't have the room to wobble. So for LP, they put uh, in your eyes as it, they put in the banger slot side two track one, but on CD, which I think came count, came out at the same time. It was in the sequencing that Peter Gabriel wanted where the album closes with in your eyes. So, since both versions came out at the same time, is there a correct sequencing to this album? Is there like an official sequencing? Like a canon one? Yeah. Is there is there a, a canonical sequencing of this album? Yeah. Is it's it the, the one, one he, where it, he one, originally one where it wanted? So the CD, the CD one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I Might would, that be I the first time in music history where the LP release is not the canonical sequencing? Uh, I'm sure there's others that somebody wanted a particular song a certain way, but, um, um, they, they had to structure it that way because of this is the, the first time I think I've heard of it. The first time we've heard of the physical limitation though, that's an interesting concept that the LP just didn't have the space for the bass reverb it, that close to the final track. Maybe electric yeah. Ladyland um, was another one. The, the LP version of this album is built like a cupcake it's all sweet frosting at the top, and then at the very bottom is the wrapper, and the wrapper is big time. So, <laughs> what, what what are you gonna do? Wow, shots fired! <laughs> you like, but, uh, but even on that one, big time would be track seven out of nine. It's a great name for a rapper too. The big time. <laughs> Wait, is there more? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have eight songs. Nine. 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 One, two, three. Are you missing nine times? Five, six, seven, eight. Eight. What's the ninth? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. There's a bonus track that's on this. So also with the CD release, the CD release release has an extra song. So is it really considered a bonus track or is the LP release just missing a song? What's the CD release? The CD release has the song, This Is The Picture. With Lori, ah. with Lori Anderson, which is not on the LP release yet, both were released uh, uh, at the same time was simultaneously. Nineteen eighty-seven, six, six. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I, I we, we're we are now butting up against t- two technologies. I have been going off of the LPs for listening purposes, just to get like the idea of like mm-hmm. what the track order was back when. But I, I guess now. 
But this this is the start of us having to have a conversation about that. Yeah, well, in Wikipedia considers it. this is the picture as a bonus track, but that's I, I, they're, they're already like set up for that template. Yeah, for an album that's not on. Rob, do you think LP no. means listening purposes? <laughs> no, <laughs> madam, it's possible. <laughs> I would not bring it up as the official version, except that Peter Gabriel said he wanted it a very he wanted it that specific way. Okay. And so if the, the only way he could get his way was on the CD format. Yeah. And if I, if an artist is saying that, then to me, that means that is the, it's like the director's cut of a, of a that, movie. Okay. That makes sense. It, it, gotcha. There might've been, you know, the release that was created, but the, the artist's vision is this. So we could say the CD is the director's cut or the artist cut. So this album is produced by both Peter Gabriel and Daniel Lenoir. It was those two and oh, it's the the guitar player uh, David Rhodes. For the creative process, the writing process, he wanted as much of a skeleton crew as possible because, and I understand this, when there's too many people in there, he feels like he's wasting people's time. He doesn't allow himself the time to work on stuff. So it was just him and uh, it was him with his ideas and he was sitting at a piano keyboard kind of working out songs. He had a guitar player and then he had the the uh, producer, Daniel Lenoir, who also plays instruments and they kind of woodshedded most of what would be this album. Uh, and then they brought in more people for like the actual recording of it. But I guess Peter Gabriel always, he, he struggles with writing lyrics because I think maybe he just gets into his own head too much. He doesn't want to write bad lyrics. So he just, he, he, he frets on it. He stresses on it. He's always changing it like during the entire recording process. But apparently to help his quote unquote creative process, producer Dan, Daniel Lenoir he destroyed the telephone that was near the only telephone that was near the studio. So uh, the, the only line of communication out, it, like it was a telephone in the woods and he destroyed that. And then he nailed the studio door shut with Peter Gabriel inside until he was done writing lyrics. <laughs> oh, sometimes you got to do it. It's yeah. It awesome. was, that, that, there was like an old uh, Rolling Stone story like that. I forget. It must've been, Oh, I'm blanking on their uh, Andrew Lou Oldham, the, their producer, because mm-hmm. uh, they started out as a cover band and they wanted to get more into original songs. And and Mick and Keith were ha- going through the same thing, you know, having trouble just like tapping that creative flow. So Andrew Lou Oldham locked them in a kitchen until they wrote a few songs, you know, because sometimes you just got you got to get past that block and then it starts flowing, you know. But sometimes you do. You need an outside force to just hold you to it to get it out and you know as as questionable as this process is may be because it's technically i guess uh kidnapping uh i i still think it, it, it it's cool to hear what links people go to 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 unlock their creative process you know yeah there's nothing like getting it done f- uh, with a deadline yeah yeah deadline all my instincts <laughs> they return the grand facade so soon
somebody popped up that we talked about before on track five. Was anybody happy about that? Yusuf Nador. Oh, yeah, on In Your Eyes? Mm-hmm. I thought that was... Um, what, 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 remind me, where have we seen him again? Uh, Yusuf Nador was a... Uh, he was a singer, and we covered one of his albums, Immigree. Uh, yeah. Just a oh, Senegalese yeah. singer that just, yeah. like, was really grooving and great voice, like a golden voice. Um, At the end of your eyes, it, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I was really happy to see that. I mean, he collaborated with everybody, Peter Gabriel and uh, Paul Simon. He was like hot at the time, you know, uh, this this He's wonderful singer. That was really great. I, I heard that at a it wasn't a it wasn't a show during like this album cycle, of course. I think it was in like the mid 2000s at the Hollywood Bowl, uh, a Peter Gabriel concert uh, before In Your Eyes, uh, John Cusack, who's in L.A., came out and brought a boombox on stage and then left, which, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who's, I wonder whose idea that was had to be John Cusack's, right? I would assume so. Yeah. He yeah. just called him up. Assume, like, yeah. Nice yeah, yeah. It's like, Hey, I'm going to be at the show. You want me to bring a boombox? Yeah. <laughs> Gabriel's like, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> it's cool. You know, like both, both, both the actor and the musician, you know, they were both kind of, uh, I don't know. They were both kind of like encapsulated in that pop culture moment with that song. And uh, was it Better Off Dead? No, no. It was Say Anything. Say Anything. Say Anything. Say anything. Say anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's such an iconic moment of 80s film. And and both Peter Gabriel and John Cusick have managed to not be typecast by that. But it's definitely a moment that they shared. Like a pop culture, just little like, mm, and they were both there. So it's cool that like 20 years later, they revisit it, you know? Yeah. We are all terrible Lloyd Dobblers. We are all he Lloyd Dobblers. Every but he knows how to box, and I do not. Kickbox. He knows how to kickbox. I still don't. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I will say this went on to make, uh, this is an absolute smash. He went from a cult artist to a you know mainstream star. Essentially, best-selling solo release certified five-fold platinum. That's a lot of records. Uh, was not Games Without Frontiers a huge hit in UK? It, yeah, but this one is this one didn't, is didn't crack five, them like this did five yeah. million, sure, yeah, and then triple platinum in uh in the British uh, BPI. I mean, and, and I think it is part it is part the songs. I mean, they're just very well structured commercial, you know, dance rock for the the big hits, but. I think we have to say, you know, this is this is starting to say that the the music video is pushing yeah. awareness and pushing sales and pushing how we feel about an album. Yeah, you know. And remember those days? Yeah, <laughs> they were great days. Yeah, were, I, I really liked great. them. As I like I liked the visual element of my of of my music. I, it was fun. I like being told what to. It's buy. a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. You can't rely too much on the visual elements in your music because then the very good ugly bands don't get played, and the very bad pretty bands do. I saw that Blues Travelers video. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love the Blues Traveler video. <laughs> Did any of you get into uh, his '92 follow up to this record, uh, Us? No. Anybody nope. get into that record when you were in middle school? Perhaps is that the Tarzan? No, I was I was I wasn't a big oh, middle God school Peter Gabriel fan, believe it or not. <laughs> you know for you know that well, was, you fucking know that was Phil Collins. <laughs> so, do we get any more Peter Gabriel, or is this the end of Peter Gabriel for us? End for uh, us. For us? 
for us. Yes. <laughs> Is so, us in there? <laughs> no, we've had we've had a good PG run. Yeah. 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 Who's had a good run? I, I still say if, if you guys had to break it down, what what would be your order? Uh, for um, our, uh, probably Peter Gabriel self-titled, Peter Gabriel self-titled, so then Peter Gabriel self-titled. Oh, and Peter Gabriel self-titled. Order yeah. of release. You start <laughs> with the lamb laying down on Broadway. God, it's damn. not a Peter Gabriel it's album. Genesis. It is a Peter Gabriel album. Why don't we it's start with not. To admit it. England by the pound? Then you piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one too. Got gotcha you there. Are we? Uh, are we all on the positive on this one, or are we? Uh, do we need to go around? I'm neutral. Rob. Okay. Rob's neutral. Rob. Rob's on the neutral. He's entitled. Uh, I'm a stinker. Uh, I'm with Christgau on this one where he, I'm paraphrase, paraphrasing him. Where is Biko now that we need it more than ever? As a child of the 80s, I can't not, I can't take myself out of being like a seven-year-old watching MTV. Like I, I just can't. So I have to, I, I have to say I'm positive on this album because I hear the songs and I, I like all of them and it takes me back. As to tell you what, I saw a video of Harry Styles and his band doing a cover of Sledgehammer and he slays it. it it's a big fucking song. It's got like Memphis Horns uh, X players in it. <laughs> oh, and yeah, it's got is- backing singers. I mean, yeah, this is polished, but it's polished with like flavor. <laughs> I want to touch on that. So, so Peter Gabriel, when he was young, he saw Otis Redding uh in concert and otis redding was performing with the memphis horns who are led by wayne jackson and peter gabriel he was always really influenced by soul music it was his first love it's what made him want to do music and he was always weird about writing a soul album because he thought people would call him like a sellout or an imposter but when he wrote sledgehammer which is very much like a soul song he wanted to get wayne jackson of the memphis horns in there and that's who's leading the horn section on Sledgehammer. So it's cool. It's cool. You know, like uh, a- a- as a kid, he was inspired. And then he gets that person on his album. It, that always makes me feel good. Uh, positive for you, Ben? Yeah, I like this record. I like Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was a little like so-so on it. But I do like the understated sort of melodic second half of the album. It it actually is very good. It's It's not like up in your face pop. And I th- feel like if he would have tried to do an entire album of like sledgehammer material, I would have kind of said, no, thank you. But uh, I, I like the more I would at least give it its time of day. I would. Sure. Yeah. I'd a give big it a time good, of day. I would give it its big time of day. I would I would absolutely fully listen to a full album of sledgehammer material before I said whether or not it was bad. Honestly, the follow up to this is really good, guys. Us got digging in the dirt. It's got steam. There's really good tracks. So the his next album after this is Passion, and then is Shaking the Tree, and then is Us. Well, I don't know about those records. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you say follow-up, do you mean that it has to be like right there? Like, no, no. no it, I mean, it, it, yes. Conceptual follow-up, if not a... Uh, Us was considered like the follow-up. spiritual follow-up, too. So watch the video for, for Steam. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what what would you say for the ones we have in this book that are Peter Gabriel? Don't talk about Genesis anymore. Car, <laughs> Melt, and So. Which ones, what would you put in order? I'm just curious. I would melt, need to car, revisit so. Car and Melt, but I really liked, I remember really liking Car. Is that the one with, uh, 
the Burgermeister. Oh yeah, yeah. Moribund the Burgermeister. Yeah, Moribund the Burgermeister. Yeah. Burger yeah. Hill. Good stuff. Games Without Frontiers is off of Melt. Yeah. Yeah, Melt's great. Melt's got and, Biko and Biko. But, yeah. Yeah. Car. Which one does Car have? Car's got a song that I really like. It's got. Here comes the flood. Oh, so, so, Salisbury Hill. I really yeah, like Salisbury, Salisbury Hill. Hill. Yeah. yeah. I liked. Uh, melt, then probably so, then car. I didn't really like mm-hmm. car right. that much. I would need to revisit all three before I can actually give you the rundown, but I enjoyed all three of them. Okay. But we'll see that so is the only one that has big time. <laughs> Here it is. It's coming in. <laughs> Listen to that bass. Listen to it. What, that, that, the funk fingers? It's so smooth and sinister. I mean, they, they did do some interesting stuff with the bass across the board. They once put a uh, for our British listeners or those who speak the Queen's English, uh, Nappy behind the strings to dampen them on Don't Give Up, which I thought gave it some nice tone. Is Nappy felt? Nappy is a diaper. They put a diaper behind the bass strings? Yeah. Yep. This they need to address that bass's so... action. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to fit a diaper behind your strings. Well, this is probably a cloth diaper. It's probably thinner. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is 86. I don't know if they had the yeah. Huggies I'm... dry lock material technology at the time. Hey, we're a Pamper Swaddler's house over here. You <laughs> all, everybody's. Kyle, I like Big Time. It's fun. I wouldn't call it my favorite track on the album, but it's undeniably fun. It is one of my favorite songs. It, it, it like full stop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this song. <laughs> Hey, for Christmas, let's get Kyle some funk fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about anthrax among the living. All right. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>